Welcome to the Influential Nonprofit, the show for nonprofit leaders to grow their influence so they can grow their income and impact. Now here's your host, Marianne Dersh. Hey, just a reminder, this is part two of my two-parter with Becky Endicott of We Are For Good. I'm calling it Stoking the Fire of Engagement. She talks about this is the continuation of our conversation where we talk about a technique or a philosophy she calls stoking, which is creating engagement. And this has been one of my favorite conversations of all time on this podcast. So I wanted to let it go on and I made it the two-parter and here's part two. Enjoy. We played one game in the past and in the past that game was how much did you give, right? There's a one way to keep score. Yeah. Right. That was, yeah. that's it. That was it. Red, that's it. How much? Now, well, like what we're seeing is the idea of there's so many ways to measure a relationship. They're so right. And, and to connect with people. I was in a meeting the other person the day and the person said, well, they don't have a lot of money, but you know, okay, stop the relationship first. The money will come that don't yeah. worry about that. If you're building the community, if you're building the relationship, the money will come. And, you know, and that's what makes fundraising, you probably know, feel icky, is when you put the money first, yep. right? When you're talking to somebody because you want money from them, that that's that's the disingenuous part. So we're looking at so many different ways to measure engagement instead of how much did you give? I just said this yesterday, you know, back in this pray and spray. You know, you just like pray and you like push it out. You know, I've been doing this for 30 years. Like, you know, you sent out a newsletter and, and we only had print. That's what we sent out. And, you know, who knew who read that? And we have these beautiful tools that can help, you know, that are designed to create this kind of engagement, build the, like all of these social media tools are community builders, but I think we're using them like newsletters. Yes. Right. We're like, the you. bottom line is we're using them. We're using them to just push out content, not create community. And so if we can shift our thinking to not what am I going to post today, but how can I create community today? How can I be of value to you? That in itself will will create it. And, and it's, it's just shifting the way we keep score. Yeah. You know, like what if you know, somebody's giving you $5 a month for the last 20 years? You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, there's a believer right there. Right. That's a believer, you know, or somebody who doesn't give money, but they they're always sharing your posts. So there's so many ways to create community. And I think one of the biggest things is, you know, we can't do this work alone. No. And we're exhausted. We're exhausted. And And we have compassion fatigue out the wazoo. And the reality is, is that we have this kindness army behind us who's just waiting to be activated. Yeah. They just need to know what we need. I talked to somebody this week on the on our podcast and they said you know our biggest donor gave us twenty five hundred dollars last year and i said what do you mean by that and they said well she is so passionate about our cause that she herself could only give twenty five hundred dollars but she amplified and asked and opened enough doors and made enough ask to people that it amounted to 1.3 million dollars for our tiny little organization because she had that spirit of just, I cannot let this cancer center fail. I cannot. And they saved my life and that's where my gratitude came from. And so I think that just shift in perspective of where what is the value of your currency right now? 
Is it in your KPIs? Which let's not negate. <laughs> we need that money in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Yeah. But we're also saying that there's another currency there in your relationship equity. And the way that you can look at engagement signals is really, really interesting. I was talking to City of Hope. I don't know if you know City of Hope in Los Angeles, who actually is the cancer center, not the one I'm talking about. And they told me they have this massive engagement strategy for their gala. I'm from Oklahoma, so I call it gala, not gala. And she says, not only do they know every donor that's going to be in the room, they put together a strategy by which at least two of their staff go up and thank every donor in the room at some point for being there, for their past gift, making sure that they're seen. And they make a strategy for who's getting, and some of this is very, you know, um, st- traditional things that we all do. They have a strategy for which physician's going to come over here and talk. We have a strategy for what's the next step that we're going to take after the event. But the thing I thought was so interesting is she said, we're looking at engagement signals all night. We track who's raising their paddle yep. and who, who didn't win. Yeah, We look at who's signing up on um, raffles. We're looking at who's commenting in our hybrid events on the Facebook while it's live. Who Who is engaging with us? And she said, every single person who engages gets a thank you. They get seen on Monday with a phone call. Thank you for, thank you for um, putting in a bid. Thank you for coming. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're working on. And having that, that again, through line of it's not about the event. It was never about the event. The event is a vessel for the story and for the connection. But it's about what is the experience going to be like? How do we see those people? And how does that translate after the event so that the ripple keeps going, going, right. going, going? And when I train boards, you know, on fundraising, which they one of my things is boards don't ask for money. But I teach them how to make connections in the community, right? And understand how to make connections. And if there's alignment, what do you do? And if not, that's okay too. Anyway, one of the things is like at events. So it's not about talking about the organization. It's asking people, what brought you here? We you know, why are you here? Why do you care? How long have you known us? Anything. And when they're, they have that antenna up, that engagement antenna, and also it gives them something to do. Like people really like to have like, oh, here's your job tonight, right? I want you to talk to people and ask these questions and then tell us what they say, you know? And that's, that's so beautiful. I want to, I'm going to share this little story with you and, and for everyone, my friend, his name's Joey Goon. He runs Utopia Experience. Yeah. You know, Joey? No. I'm oh, saying, hi. Hi, Joey. Hi, hi, Joey. He's a vet planner and he's, and, and Utopia is sponsoring my big two-day event in February. Any who's it, Joey talks about they do events and this is a simple thing, okay? They threw up a QR code and they asked one question. This was, I think this was St. Louis Children's Hospital Foundation. I want to say, how long have you been a donor? And then they just put up all the answers, right? 10 years, my first time. The 10 year people welcomed the first year people like oh, oh, from this. I got, I just get goosebumps every time I think yeah. the, the new people got stood up and were applauded and welcomed into the family. Right. The 10 year people were thanked for that one question shifted all the energy in the room to now we're sharing stories across. Right now, like if you ever talk, Dr. Joe Dispenza, emotion, experience and emotion creates a memory. Right. We have experiences and we have emotions, but together they create a memory and those are creating memories. People are going to remember how it felt to stand up in that room and be welcomed into a community. Right. And people are going to value how to sit up in a room and be grateful for being a long term member of everything in between. But what QR code you put it up, you answered one question. 
And that was it. And it shifted everything. And I think those are the kinds of things, right, that we can start instead of just the gala. Oh, and you have this speaker and then you eat dinner and, you know, like the typical format. How can we create community? How can we stoke and stoke and create those ripples, right? Those ripples out, out. So now people are like, oh, my God, you wouldn't believe this event. And they're telling all their friends. And I think what you do so beautifully, Marianne, is one, that story is so great, but it illuminates what I think you did to set the tone for this whole conversation, which is you didn't ask a better question. You asked a bigger question. And even just asking me what I'm proud of, you found out, you know, a value set that I have about my children who are so important to me and books and, and listening. And I think asking a bigger question and having an experience tied to it is just that. That is such a smart question. We just were able to visit with Seth Godin. And he said his favorite question is to ask somebody, what was dinner like for you around the table growing up? Talk to me about the nuance of that. And he said, once you ask that question, everybody has a different story. Everybody has a different lens on it, but everybody starts talking and you create a space for conversation to get to know each other. First question we ask people on the We Are For Good podcast is, Tell us about you growing up. Tell us about little you and what you were like and what led you to this work. And all of a sudden, we're not just talking about, you know, maybe it's board engagement or maybe we're talking about how to nail your major gift solicitation. It's like, oh, wait, you've been fighting for justice since you were a kid and you had this formative experience. And now I see myself in you. And now you're not just an expert. You're a human here bringing compassion to this. And I just think that asking a bigger question leads to so much community growth. You are so right. Wow. Okay. We could do this for a while. Forever. You want to just <laughs> hang out all day and just talk about life? <laughs> a delight. The time is flying. All right. We are for good. Tell us a little bit about the podcast and all the other wonderful things you're doing there. Well, We Are For Good is this accidental media company that we has started that has just turned into this radical movement of change makers who, again, want to live, work, and re-architect the sector in abundance. And so we have a podcast. We originally start off our first three years, which were like just barely over a three-year hump, uh, putting out three podcast episodes a week. Um, and our goal, I'll tell you our business plan, I'll tell you that we are, do not have clearly MBAs. It was like put out as much and incredible content as we possibly can and make as many friends as we can without asking anybody for a dime. Like, can we just show up and just be in service to community and into conversation? And it just ended up, you know, being sort of a some kind of a beacon. And we just stoked, stoked, stoked. And yeah, now we're at like a little over half a million downloads and 480 episodes that are just talking about the things you and I are talking about. And how do we elevate? How do we take care of ourselves? How right. do we fight for things that matter? How do we find our power back, you know, and stand in it? And because these missions are too important to fail. And we as human beings need the latitude. We need the investment. And I mean that like in our pay, in our leave, in our balance. And so we really believe in the power of philanthropy and what generosity does to change a human being. And so we are trying to put that on fire, make it as accessible to anyone else because it's a tough world right now. Yeah. And we're going to celebrate joy. We're going to give out as many free resources. We're going to share as many stories of who's knocking it out of the park 
and we're going to uplift you on this journey. So we definitely have a podcast. Encourage anyone to check that out. Um, we also have a free community. Um, we were tired of communities being behind paywalls at association. And we were like, can we just build a space for people to talk? So you could check it out. It's weareforgoodcommunity.com. And just tell us what you need. Tell us what you're rifling with. Do you need something? Can we get you a job description, a tutorial? Do you need sure. examples of events? Yeah. Whatever it is. We, When people are having bad days, we have mental health sessions. And so, yeah, we've just built an accidental ecosystem where we want people to stay curious. We want them to embrace incredible storytelling, doing business differently, and living in abundance in this work that we think is possible. It is absolutely possible. Wow. I want to share something. I was on this retreat a couple of weeks ago in the middle of Texas. So I literally went woo in the woods, like honestly out of you. <laughs> you the, it sounds like East Texas then if you're in the woods. Yeah. Like, it was just ranches. It was like, oh, where was it? I'm like, well, it's two and a half miles north of Austin two and, or two and a half hours north of Austin, two and a half hours south of that. It was there like, oh, that's like, it was middle Hill country. Yeah. Right. So, uh-huh. um, anyway. One of the things that we really emphasize on this experience was what I what, like, which is what they call the sacred geometry, the triangle. I'm always using triangles. I don't know why. But anyway, so there's a polarity. OK, we need scarcity can't exist without abundance and abundance without scarcity. We cannot have joy without pain. We cannot have peace without conflict. It's all the things. And so when you look at the sacred third or, you know, the the magic the top of that triangle, it's not this or that. It's all the things, right? It's the pain. It's the joy. It's the it's all. It's everything. I don't have to choose, right? Because we were talking about like the value of scarcity, and there's value in abundance, right? Like I don't like oh that's bad. That's good. It's all the things, and I think like when you're talking, time. that's what you're creating is this third way. As so you're like, it's not behind. It's not this. It's that. It's this different. It's this up level way that higher level thing that encompasses all of it, right? All, and there's and there's space for all of it because that's what we all like, where there's space to be all of the things, you know? And that's what I feel like is, you know, what we call the sacred third or like the next way is when we we, we stop looking at life as a polarity. I'm going real deep now, but I, I know you're with I'm me. obsessed and I wish I would have gone to this retreat. <laughs> we have this polarity and that we can, am I good or bad? Am I right or wrong? Is that person good or bad? I call it the Ella DeGeneres paradox. Like, is she good or bad? I don't know. She's all the things because she's a flipping human being. Okay. Right. She can be any of those things. So we don't look at it as polarity. We look at it as like we, we acknowledge and bless the presence of all of it. And that is like, but when you are talking, it really connected me to that, like to all the things that our industry is. Instead of trying to change it, just embracing, you know, and, and connecting, you know. Oh my gosh, I am so sad I didn't go to that. Like that little <laughs> boo-boo heart is I know, yeah, so hard. And my business coach, we do these uh, twice a year. I wasn't able to go at the beginning of this year because my mother-in-law passed away. But, oh, um, you know, we just spent three days, three, well, three and a half, you know, days really um, doing like a lot of personal work and People ask me, like, what do you do on the... It's so hard to explain. Yeah, some of the, like, the liberation in embracing that. I, yeah. I, I see myself more. The yes. And then and then allows me then to coach and train. I look at, like, a waterfall. The people that I'm with, I'm bringing that energy to them. Then I'm helping them raise their game. I, right? 
to, yeah. you know, find their center and, and hold themselves like the undefended queen, you know, like that like sovereignty, like tapping into that. So, okay. There's one more question I'm going to ask you. Okay. <laughs> um, this is the most important question. We're obviously going to be at karaoke together. I don't know when that is, but I know it will happen. <laughs> yes. My song is Don't Stop Believing. There you go. That one. Yes. <laughs> As in, what's your go-to song? Yes. All right. Oh, that's it. it. That was yeah. it. That was that, the song? My song, why my question was, if when we're at karaoke together, what's your okay. go-to song going to be? Yeah. Don't Stop Believing by Journey or possibly Living on a Prayer, Bon Jovi, because I am a child of the 80s and I am I Gen X. I so love, I love Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, my God. Very, very I much. I tell you, I went to that concert with my father and my brother and sister when I was like in my late 30s and we rocked it out. Bon Jovi. <laughs> Still when, great. Still when I was when my nephew, he's probably I think he's late thirties. When he when he was about eight, they came to St. Louis, and so I was like in my twenties. And I remember I took him and my friend and my nephew, my other nephew, who's a little bit older, and my little ne my nephew was like eight. And I was like, "How was the show?" He would listen to cassette tape with Bon Jovi every night. He would fall asleep to it, and they were like, so "How was the show?" Out? And he said, "Aunt Marianne, they got the words wrong." And I'm like, what? He goes, it's shackle a heart and you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, darn, Kev. Well, I get I it. Tell him what's right to the heart. kids my spirit animal. I always got the lyrics wrong as a kid. Shackle a heart. <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> you are a treasure. I you love too. hanging out with you. No, thank you very, very much for being here. And um, I just appreciate you so much. Knitting for you and all things. Thank you for the light and the goodness. You just thank you to me and to your community. It's a gift to be here. Thank you. Thanks. And that is it for this episode of the Influential Nonprofit. Um, if you haven't yet, I'm sure you have. You can go get your up level your influence uh, starter kit to learn all more ways you can be influential in your work, in your life, in every aspect, um, any relationship you have. You could have a better one when you're an influential leader. That's uh, uh, the influential nonprofit.com. And that's it for me and this episode of the influential nonprofit. Thanks for listening to the influential nonprofit with your host, Marianne Dirsch. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Also check out the influential nonprofit.com for more resources on growing your influence. So you can raise more and do more.